This is Gareth Southgate, and this is the Three Lions Podcast. And welcome to the Three Lions podcast. My name is Russell Osborne and this is an independent England football supporters podcast. Now this is an episode that I thought I'd like to explore some more as it wasn't a game that I went to. I can't remember why I didn't but I imagine money was a major factor in it. Now the game in question was Kazakhstan away 6th of June 2009. A World Cup qualifier for the 2010 South Africa tournament. Let's be honest, it's not a place probably high on many people's destination list. But as soon as England were drawn there, all of a sudden it became quite desirable. Especially as the Borat film, released in 2006, was fairly fresh in people's minds. It would be the furthest England would have travelled for some qualification points for any tournament. A 7,000-mile round trip, eight hours in the air, crossing five time zones. England had been pulled out of Kazakhstan on the 25th of November 2007 in the draw that took place in Durban. Along with them, Ukraine, Croatia, Belarus and Andorra. England were actually drawn from pot B, with Croatia taking the space in pot A, Ukraine pot C, Belarus D, Kazakhstan E and Andorra Pot F. They would all play each other in Group 6 and there were certainly going to be some miles racked up in this campaign. As a footballing nation, Kazakhstan split from the Soviet Union's federation following the breakup of the Union in 1991. It was then that they joined the Asian Football Confederation before switching and becoming UEFA's 52nd member in 2002. And it took them until 2007 to win their first ever game within UEFA, beating Serbia 2-1. Positive results have been sporadic over the years, but without wanting to stick the knife in too hard, probably their most significant result to date was a 3-0 home win over Scotland in March 2019 in a Euro 2020 qualifier. Now back to the game. This would be England's sixth in the qualification period, a campaign that saw us lose away to Ukraine, but score 34 goals in the process, also including the 4-1 and 5-1 wins home and away to Croatia. The game came at the end of a long season, one that saw Manchester United win the Premier League on the 16th of May, although the season later finished on the 24th, and United they lost the Champions League final to Barcelona on the 27th of May. Only Wayne Rooney featured from United for the Kazakhstan game. Chelsea, they won the FA Cup on the 30th of May, beating Everton 2-1. So players from both those teams included in the squad uh, were Ashley Cole, John Terry, Frank Lampard from Chelsea and Jolien Lescott from Everton. According to England Football Online... The England 18 selected for this game were Rob Green of West Ham, Glenn Johnson, 
was at Portsmouth. He was subbed for David Beckham after 75 minutes. We mentioned Ashley Cole. He was at Chelsea. Gareth Barry at Manchester City. Matthew Upson at West Ham. John Terry, Chelsea. Theo Walcott of Arsenal. He was subbed for Sean Wright Phillips on 46 minutes. Frank Lampard of Chelsea. Emil Heskey of Aston Villa. He was subbed for Jermaine Defoe with 10 minutes to go. Wayne Rooney, Manchester United. Stephen Gerrard of Liverpool. Paul Robinson of Blackburn Rovers was a substitute goalkeeper, unused. Uh, Jolian Lescott, we mentioned him. Uh, He was unused too. Wayne Bridge of Chelsea was unused. Jermaine Defoe mentioned him, Tottenham. Sean Wright Phillips, Manchester City. David Beckham, uh, he was at AC Milan at the time on loan from LA Galaxy. And Peter Crouch was at Portsmouth at the time. And again, he was unused. Uh, the goals for this game came from Gareth Barry on 40 minutes. Gareth Barry's there. And Gareth Barry's header has found the net. And suddenly the cloud of worry lifts from England's shoulders. Emil Heskey on 45 minutes. Gerrard. Oh, goalkeeper stranded. Heskey! And what was Alexander Mokin playing at? Way off his line. 2-0 at half-time. Wayne Rooney on 72 minutes. Johnson away from Kukea for once. And Rooney! Wonderful save. Still there. Rooney makes it three. And Wayne Rooney's England hot streak continues. And then Frank Lampard with a, uh, a penalty on 77 minutes. On we play. Good save. And Heskey goes down again. And this time it is a penalty. Seven days ago in the plus surroundings of Wembley, Frank Lampard won the FA Cup for Chelsea. Seven days on, three and a half thousand miles away, he confirms England's victory in Kazakhstan. Kazakhstan, for this game, were managed by German Bernd Stork. And all his players were home-based, playing for the Kazakh clubs from the Kazakhstan Premier League. And as I like to do when researching particular games, is pick up a copy of the match programme. On the off chance, I can get some more additional information. Not this one, however. Only one section was in English. The rest in Kazakh Cyrillic script. But the part in English says, The football founders have arrived for the match with our nationals in the optimum possible lineup. It means that Kazakhstan football in England and Europe is considered to be really battle-worthy. I think maybe perhaps something lost in the translation there, but I think we get the drift that they were pleased and privileged to be entertaining and welcoming England. Now that's enough of the backstory. Time to have a chat with someone who took the trip out there. Now, previously, I spoke with Les Gasson about his trip to Italy for the European Championships of 1980, which went really well with listeners out there. And I've invited Les back. Les, 2009, not as far to cast your mind back this time. No, well, actually, short-term memory is worse. I remember <laughs> more about Italia 80 than I do about Kazakhstan. So uh, I did do a little bit of research on through some photographs yesterday just to twig some memories. Yeah, you, so, you which, sent uh, me one of you uh, up in the mountains, yeah. was it? Yeah, that was the mountain trip, yeah, that uh, Mark Perryman organised on a couple of coaches. and uh, But we only did half the trip because we got a bit bored with looking at mountains. <laughs> but, uh, 
Start start at the <laughs> beginning. How I mean, when Kazakhstan came out the draw, did you think, right, yeah, I'm going there? Oh, fabulous. Yeah, I mean, when these odd countries come up, if that's the right phrase, um, it, it's everybody's dream to sort of like, how are we going to get there? So, you know, you're straight on to contacting people. What are you doing? How are you getting there? You're getting onto flights, obviously, straight away before they start going silly. You know, so, yeah, I, I tend to, as soon as the dates come out, I tend to book within 24 hours, if not less. But it was, I didn't know anybody who wanted to go, I know, locally or whatever. So uh, I just contacted, um, I booked my flight um, straight away anyway. Um, yes, it wasn't too bad. I, I can't remember the, the airline. I've, I've probably got the ticket somewhere <laughs> stashed away. But I can't remember the airline. But yeah, it, was, it wasn't too bad. And the price, you know, I don't like to be ripped off totally. But uh, you get a figure in your head, I think, about what you're prepared to pay. Yeah. And I think um, that can change in your mind as well as it gets closer. If you if you if you think it was too expensive to start with, and then you think, ah, oh, I should have booked earlier because it's now gone up or whatever. But some people are quite clever. There's some people that like to do the uh, let let the uh, keyboard tappers get on there quick. And it goes up in price, and then they hold fire. Yeah. And some of them do quite well, I think, with the last minute flights. But uh, I, I don't like to do that. I like to know I'm booked and going i think we may have gone via turkey all right i think i gone. i think it may have been turkish airlines and they were quite good um i had friends from hastings well friends people i know from hastings they um they did a road trip no and yeah and they, they went through they wanted to visit a few of the stands oh, yeah. uh, before they got to kazakhstan and uh and that's a chap you really want to talk to um from hastings he's uh I mean, the stories they come up with are absolutely brilliant. The, the, the things he used to organise for trips yeah. far outweigh what I've ever done. It's just brilliant. <laughs> absolutely wonderful. I wish I used to just go with him, really. Right. But, uh, yeah, but no, the, the flights weren't too bad. Uh, it's just when we arrived, um, I think it was about two and a half to three hours to get through uh, passport control. <laughs> and um, the, the chap I contacted, a, a friend of mine was a Warren Cummins. He comes from, Pre- he comes from Lancaster, Preston North End fan. Mm. We met in Moscow uh, a couple of years before for the first time and we stayed in touch. So he he said he wanted to go. So we arranged to meet over there. So I booked a hotel for the two of us. Um, he arrived about an hour and a half before me and he was still in the queue when we arrived. So we actually saw each other at passport control. I bet they'd um, never have seen so many English people in one go turn up. It was it was very it was quite packed. I mean, yeah. It wasn't a massive place, but uh, it was very packed and it was getting a bit, getting a bit hot. And uh, you know, it was just the excitement of being there. I think and hoping you know, getting out there and getting into what the place is like. I think got you through it, but uh, and the bands, of course. So what was it? Did you yeah, go to into Almaty? Um, yeah, yeah. Which is yeah, the because, is that the capital? It, yeah, it it was, and they changed the capital to the one inland, you know, uh, the one away from the mountains. Right. Um, um, I forget the name of the place now. Um, but uh, yeah, they changed the capital, but they kept the game in Almaty, mm. so which was a godsend, really. <laughs> it's a much nicer, much nicer place. I'm is it Astana? Astana, isn't it? Yeah, Astana. Yeah, Astana. That's right. Yeah, I knew it would come back. Yeah, it, it was a purposely built capital, I, I believe. Okay. And so, how long in advance were you there before the game? To two days. Right. Yeah, so we normally like to do at least at least three to four nights when we go away. 
to so we can get to see the place and do a few things. Yeah. Uh, the build up to the match, you know, because once once the match is over, it's everybody just wants to get home really. Yeah. But uh, the build up, yeah, I'd like to be there for a couple of days. I mean, if you're yeah, going to take that, place that, that long a time to, to get there, you don't just yeah. want to fly in, fly out, do you? Not for that one. No, no. I, I, I can never understand that. As the old phrase goes, I mean, the football is normally the worst 90 minutes of it, most trips. <laughs> you know, once in a while we get a good one, don't we? Like yeah. Munich and things like that. But uh, a lot of the time we had a very barren period of dreadful football and results. But uh, So, no, we, we like to make a bit of a trip of it. Either a three-day, three to four-day lads trip, or if I do take my wife, like I do sometimes now, then we like to try and make a mini holiday if yeah. we go into nice places, you know, like Malta, like we've done recently. So, yeah. Uh, so yeah, we, that's what we like to do. So those those two days prior to the game in in Kazakhstan, what what did you get up to? What was it like? What was the uh, the reaction of the locals to you all? Well, it was it's quite surreal, really, because we didn't know what to expect. It was very um, more Eastern European with the big, wide-open, grid-like streets everywhere, you know. Um, and as you, as you do, once you get settled into your hotel, the first thing you go looking for is uh, a bar. Yeah. So we decided to walk towards the ground uh, to find out where the ground was uh, in relation to the hotel as regards, you know, distance and everything. And then... Uh, and drop off in a few bars along the way. But uh, we found one, uh, and then uh, we thought we're going to find another one. We, we walked for about an hour, couldn't find anything. <laughs> and as we got towards the grounds, there was a group of lads coming the other way, um, and they shouted across the street, there's no point in going up there, there's no bars. They're so, doing the okay. same thing. <laughs> and as you do with England trips, you, you meet up, you have a chat, and uh, again, we've been uh, sort of like... Uh, Friends ever since, really, on and off through football. A yeah. uh, group of lads from Gillingham, right? A bloke called Dave Raby and his mates. Uh, they were the ones with the World Cup. They take the World Cup with them everywhere. Ah, uh, the trying the photograph. Yes, that's their that's their World Cup. Yeah, it's not mine, so I don't <laughs> claim to that. But it's uh, yeah, they take that everywhere with them. Uh, they're a great bunch of lads. So we joined up looking for a bar, really, uh, on that first day, and it was quite an eye on it because uh, it took us about another half an hour, I think, to find one. Uh, we've noticed some umbrellas across the street. And we thought, oh, that's got to be a bar. Yeah. Um, and when we got there, it was great. It was outdoors. It was hot and sunny. And uh, there was just us, really, and this group of uh, a group of Russians. And uh, so we sat there, had a few beers together, you know, locking up a tab. And uh, we got chatting with these Russian lads who were, or, or people that were sort of like quite intrigued by us. And they started uh, putting music on the jukebox or whatever, and uh, they wanted us to sing along with them to Queen songs and everything. All right, so it's quite it's quite surreal. <laughs> <laughs> but um, we we was with them for a while, and you know, and then uh, lo and behold, about an hour later, another group of lads we knew uh, from Doncaster turned up. I don't know if you ever heard of the Doncaster lads uh, from the Stag Pub, which is no longer, I think, in in Doncaster. Right, is a chap. Um, he's quite notorious. Um, great chap. Ex army, we call it Donny. It's Bisto. Uh, I don't know what his first name is, <laughs> but um, he, he's a bit notorious. Um, uh, put it this way: uh, you know when Bisto's in town. Gotcha. Um, <laughs> the first time I met him was in Albania, and should we say we we knew intimately what Bisto was like. And when we was in uh, Bratislava on that wet, uh, infamous uh, match 
we was in a bar and there's a bit of a commotion at the door and someone come in and says, uh, oh, the, the security aren't letting these lads in because one of them's just streaked across the road done a handstand. We said, oh, well, Bisto's in town then. <laughs> so that, that's Bisto. And, uh, so Need to get Bisto up. on for a chat. <laughs> oh, yeah, oh, crikey, you'd never get him off. Uh, he's, fa- he's fantastic. He's, he's the ultimate entertainment. He really is good. So, yeah, if you could ever get in touch with him from Doncaster, right. uh, he's, a, he's a great chap, wonderful chap. But they, they turned up and uh, joined in. Uh, so we was all rocking up a tab. We all said, you know, we'll uh, keep it going. And these Russian chaps uh, started bringing out all these, getting all these plates of food out, the meat and chicken and pork and all this sort of stuff. And then there was, uh, then they got a bottle of vodka out and I was handing that around. And then uh, one of them uh, offered up a, a vodka drinking contest. Oh dear. And they said, well, put, you know, put somebody up for it. And I thought, there's only one contestant there and that's Bisto. You won't beat Bisto. <laughs> he, he'd done him good and proper on the vodka cop drinking contest. Yeah. Absolutely brilliant. And uh, this went on for about three and a half hours to four hours. We was there rocking up a tab. All this food was coming out. And I just said to one of the Gillingham lads, uh, I said, you know, I was getting well, it was all well gone, really. And I said, I think we ought to tab up and uh, get off before they rip us off or something. You know, we don't know what's going on here. They reckon they were Russian mafia, they started saying. So when people say they're mafia, they're obviously not. <laughs> but um, we thought, yeah, we could be on a rip-off here. So anyway, we went to call for the tab and to go and leave, and shaking hands and everything. And uh, the staff said, no, it's all paid for. Really? The Russian lads paid for everything. There must have been about nine or ten of us there at least, uh, drinking for three and a half, four hours, and all that food as well. Yeah. And they and the vodka, and they paid for the whole lot. So uh, they may not have been Matthew, but they obviously had a few bob. Well, I was going to say, I mean, was it was it cheap out there or? Oh, yeah, it wasn't wasn't expensive. I can't remember exactly. It wasn't. Um, it was much cheaper than being at home. Yeah. yeah. But you're still talking about, you know, uh, 10, 10 lads at least yeah. drinking for four hours, vodka and, and food as well, beer. That's that's quite a few. That's quite a few drinks. That's quite a quite a tab. There you go. People say uh, fair play to them. They were good, yeah. they were good people. Uh, good good people. stuff. Yeah. So that was the first day. That was you woke the first up, day. So. Woke up with a heavy head the next day. Well, funny thing is, I never do because I don't. I don't drink to excess because I don't really drink things like shots and shorts and things mm. on, unless I'm with a certain group of lads. But then you're wearing it off normally. If you, I think, if you drank what we drank that day and just sat there, I think, yeah, I think we'd all been sick as dogs. But uh, I think because it, what was going on. And you're on a football trip with lads, you tend to wear it off. Yeah. So it's not so bad. So I don't get hangovers really like that now. We got collared by some locals uh, after we left uh, that bar. It was getting dark, and they they offered us uh, to go out and drinks and that, and uh, which is what we did. They took us to. Um, they took me and Warren to uh, an Azerbaijani uh, outdoor disco <laughs> and live barbecue thing. But this was this was something else. It was all outdoors. There was uh, live bands, karaoke, disco music. Um, it was it was chock-a-bot with youngsters, mainly. Um, and then all down one side was all these, like, barbecue areas and, and ovens where they were doing pizzas and they were chopping up, looked like a side of a cow, you know, just chopping it all up and put, chucking it on the barbecues. And so that was great. And uh, it, was a, it was a fantastic evening. They, they really looked after us. 
we did get quite drunk that night, but um, there was a, because I'm a bit of a, a glass collector from around the world as well. And um, I've got my pride and joy from there. It was, um, it was a fantastic jug glass, the handle. And the handle right. was like a, a, a man's arm like that. Okay. Yeah. Arm. Strong man arm. So I thought, I've got to have that. Yeah. But I was only wearing a polo shirt and I thought, well, so I just shoved it up my T-shirt, up my polo shirt to walk oh, out. Right. This wasn't because... something you can buy. You had it away. No, I had it away. I just thought <laughs> I can't go home without this. So uh, anyway, I was with these, we was with these locals, me and was, and uh, we was walking out and the security stopped us and he pointed at my belly. Oh, I'm in trouble. So we let the locals sort of explain and I thought I was in trouble here and uh, they took the glass off me. And uh, I was explaining that I just like to, I'd buy it if I have to, you know, I don't mind. Sorry to, I was trying to steal it. And uh, they told us to stay there. And uh, they was on the radio and this chap come down in a shirt and tie and they explained what was going on. I thought, well, I'm going to call the police, what they're going to do, you know. And um, they said, wait there. And uh, this chap went off with my glass. He'd come back and he'd filled it up. He filled it up with beer. And uh, I said, what do I do now? And the the local chap, uh, the person said, um, you must drink it. If you drink it, you can have the glass. Uh, I thought, this is a bit of a double whammy, this, isn't it? <laughs> I get a glass and I get a free beer on top. But it was, uh, <clears throat> it was a bit tricky. So I've been, you know, I'd had enough by then, really. But uh, so, yeah, that was a bit of a silly little story. But uh, that was all right. Good stuff. Yeah, they whisked us off then to a, a, a nightclub with 80s music. Uh, so that was that was great fun. Went in there. This Dutch chap came over. Are you English? Yeah, you know English football fans coming over for the game. He says, "Wait there." He come back with a bottle of vodka and put it on the table <laughs> and said, "Help yourself." So uh, that was that was Kazakhstan. We had more vodka in Kazakhstan, I think, we ever did in Russia actually right. in the World Cup. <laughs> so, uh, but then you know that was uh, that was the trip the next day, I suppose. Uh, we got to on up the mountains. So what? There's a bit of a, a sad part to the, to the trip, though. Um, a couple of chaps we know on you got turned over, um, right. got in a dodgy taxi and got taken out to some wasteland, got turned over quite badly, oh, really? which wasn't good. So everybody was like told, you know, uh, just don't get into unmarked taxis. Um, so it's a bit bit tricky. So that was a bit of a sad moment. But, yeah. uh, but so about go. going up into the mountains, you said about a meeting a wedding party was it <laughs> yeah yeah we, we we thought you know we do the uh touristy bit i mean mark perriman you know obviously know of mark perriman mm. he organized uh the trip uh on the coach it was quite a, quite a nice little trip up we went up the first mountains where they got the stadium there for the uh for like a winter olympics or winter winter games yeah um so yeah we was up going up the mountain we stopped about halfway for a little break and this stretch limo turned up white limo uh, As they do up looked. the mountains. <laughs> yeah, and these people got out um, all dressed in what obviously was local uh, attire, uh, but it was a wedding, and they spotted us, uh, England football fans, and they waved us over. They wanted us to be in the photographs, <laughs> the wedding photographs. So that was quite funny. So we had a couple of photographs taken, shook hands, said hello, said, you know, congratulations and all that sort of stuff. And... Um, we went to walk away and he said, oh, no, wait. And uh, he went to the car, come out. What did he come out with? A bottle of vodka. <laughs> <laughs> Gave us a bottle of vodka. So we had to carry this bottle of vodka all the way up to the top of this uh, this mountain thing. You know, up these, around about, must have been about 10,000 steps, I think. Wow. It was 
every time you thought you got to the top, it, you were uh, you got to another level, and then you saw another set of steps. Right. You couldn't see you couldn't see the next set of steps until you got to the top of the first set of steps. You see what I mean? Yeah. And there must have been about I don't know. I'm just guessing a dozen of these. Wow. To get to the top, so uh, that was uh, that was quite hard work. Some people didn't make it at all. It was that hard to get up really? there. But uh, there you go. But yeah, so we had a few vodkas to keep us going on the way up. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, then the next the next part of the trip was to go to another mountain, and me and Was decided that we didn't want to do that because we was meeting up with these locals again to take us out again. So uh, we decided to give it a miss and try and hitch a lift back down into town. So we spotted this bar where the coach was parked, and we had a beer beer there. And you know, by chance, uh, there was a trapping a car across the way we asked him for a lift and he didn't really understand us so we had another beer and this uh, russian chap sat down with us he spoke a bit, quite a bit good english and he said you want you need a lift I said yes yeah. i'll get you a taxi i'll get you a car and he went over to the chap and uh, come back and said yep yeah, we've got a lift back into town so brilliant and he said he said uh, i'm an england fan i said oh, russian, russian yeah. <laughs> yeah he said yeah he got out his england members card Really, he's an England member. He's been an England member, uh, uh, travel member for quite a few years. Goes right. everywhere, and we've seen him around. Actually, funny enough, on uh, future trips, um, yeah, I think he's quite well known now. Uh, that's a new Russian. one on me. All oh, right, yeah, he's, he's Russian. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, he's he's always around. So yeah, that was that was the that day before the game. So I mean, the game. I mean, you said at the beginning, he's always usually the uh, the low point of a trip. I mean, the from what I can remember, it didn't. The game didn't start particularly well, anyway, did it? No, I mean, fuck you. I mean, they all become a blur. Tell you the truth, yeah. a lot of the games. No, we got we got the result we needed, so that was that was okay. You know, the atmosphere was great. There was no no issues, no problems. The place was really friendly. I mean, the police were really friendly as well. They let us have uh, photographs taken with them and all that sort of stuff. You know, and then big silly hats they wear. Yeah, I've seen those. Yeah. Massive. They're massive. I've got I've got a great photograph actually of uh, the mate was sat was sat with them, sat, sat amongst them. Yeah, and it's come out really clear. It's a, it's a cracking picture. But uh, yeah, that was all good, all good stuff. It was uh, as a trip going into the unknown, into a place you never dream of going to, really, um, mm. unless you're some sort of explorer, I suppose. Um, it, it was a wonderful thing to do. You know, uh, you know places like that and Azerbaijan, and but Kazakhstan I felt was better than Azerbaijan. Right, I thought Kazakhstan was really nice. The weather was great. The people were really nice. We did uh, uh, try to get scammed on the street. We did get warned about scammers on the streets, and we was walking along towards this market on the day after the game before we flew home. And uh, this chap come running across the pavement, and he picked up this big wad of notes all rolled up with elastic band, and it was all American dollars. And he said, I've just found this. He says, well, I don't know what to do with it. Should we share it? And all that sort of well, what? What's going on? And he wanted us to go around the corner in his alleyway place. And, and he said, if you've got any American dollars in your wallet, we can swap them over. We can do what? You know, get out of it, mate. Yeah, yeah. You know. So then, you know, it, suddenly these other two chaps come around the corner. But yeah, great. Mm-hmm. So we just legged it, really. Told him to uh, go away. Yeah, so uh, as, as a trip, um, it was great. It was friendly. The weather was great. We met some more new good friends that we've stayed friends with. Um, the, the people were friendly, helpful. It was quite cheap. Got a result. So all in all, I'd say 
it was a good a good eight out of ten, I would say. Kazakhstan, a good eight out of ten. Okay, we've heard from Les Gasson there. Uh, someone else who went on the uh, to the same destination to Kazakhstan was Dean Cornish. Yeah, but welcome Dean back to the podcast. Hi, Dean. Hi, Russell. Thanks for uh, inviting me. Yeah, Kazakhstan, eh? Yes. Well, yeah. It was one of those that as soon as the the ball came out of the hat, as it were, in the in the draw for the it was the World Cup qualifiers of 2010. It was it was one of those trips that you just had to do. I was quite fortunate at the time that I was I was doing all the trips actually because I, I didn't have a wife or a family back then. So I think I did all of the trips for that 2010 qualification period under Capello. And yeah, in Kazakhstan for me was it was the standout one. Still now, whatever we are now, 12 years on, it's probably one of my favourite trips I've done actually over probably 40 odd that I've done watching England away. It was it was it was great. Wow, I think it's what an eight hour journey over there. Yeah, we did. Um, I, we actually went via Riga. Okay. So I went on a trip with the old England fans travel, which was a company that was set up by a guy called Simon Oliver and uh, and Sarah Oliver uh, from Oxford, Oxford United fans. And they used to do a lot of trips back in back in the day. So I, I booked up with them. I think it was about 650 or 700 quid, which was which is quite a good value. And it was a five night trip because obviously Kazakhstan, you, don't, you wouldn't want to be doing a day trip out there. So it was, <laughs> I thought I'll treat it as my summer holiday. It was in June um, and there were a few other guys who I, who I knew who were going on the trip. And yeah, it was brilliant. There was about 70 people on the on this trip and a few people sort of knew each other from whether it was the old England fans forum or just obviously from from other trips, you know, over the years, you know, you know how it is. Mm. So, yes, yeah, so we went to Riga, the, the first um, that was the first stop. And we actually had a night in Riga. And I remember um, in the afternoon, there was probably half the people went off just to the pub and had a, an afternoon, you know, drinking around Riga. And then yeah. the other half went off shooting. There was um, a shooting trip organised in the countryside where you could go off and, to be honest, I don't know what they were shooting, but I remember my, <laughs> my mate Lars went and he said it was fantastic. They were shooting, you know, these big guns that I guess you wouldn't, certainly wouldn't be able to in uh, in the UK. Yeah. And then there was, the, you know, the usual, as you can imagine, in Eastern Europe, the usual sort of strip clubs and whatever in in Riga that night and it was it was a great night everyone really enjoyed it and then the next morning yeah we flew the probably the extra six hours I guess onto Almaty um obviously from Riga so it's two hours out to Riga or whatever it is then an extra six hours from there and it's it was amazing when you first arrived you realized how far away from home you were I mean this is a European qualifier well as in the you know the UEFA section of the World Cup qualifiers and as soon as you're landing you see these massive mountains and the other side of those mountains was was China you're only 150 miles from China in in Almaty and you see that you know the snow on the top of these mountains and you know just bizarre really had you done any sort of investigating as to what Kazakhstan Almaty would be like before you got there I, I think I probably had a look online, you know, on Wikipedia or Wiki Travel or whatever. But I, I, I suppose I, I, I think I knew that it wasn't going to be like the Borat films because obviously Borat had been, you know, a big film over the previous yeah. few years. And I think I'd read somewhere that, you know, that was completely not like Kazakhstan at all. And actually, you know, as soon as you landed, you realise it wasn't like that because the people, for starters, didn't look anything like Borat. You know, that was, I think, you know, Borat had them looking sort of quite. Um, you know, Eastern European sort of, you know, Albanian looking, I guess. But actually, the people in Kazakhstan looked almost Chinese, you know, or or sort of Mongolian, or I don't quite know how to explain it. But the people looked different to what you'd expect. And also, it wasn't, it wasn't a horrible place. You know, you you also think from, from having watched the Borat films that, you know, people are going to be living in sheds and whatever else, but it wasn't like that at all. There's actually a lot of money there through oil, and I think through banking as well. So, yeah, I, I knew that it wasn't going to be quite like the Borat films, but I wasn't quite prepared as to how 
nice in places it was okay you know it was really swanky the the town center you go into a, a sort of cafe or a bar thing and it actually felt quite opulent you know like the people looked really rich it was but i think it's a land of you know like a lot of these places a land of um divides you know there's obviously a lot of rich people but then there's a lot of poor people outside yeah. of the cities and and you, you didn't have to go too far off the beaten track to find rougher parts of the, of the city put it that way but but certainly the town center was you know you could see gold awnings gold pillars you know it was very opulent and, yeah. and, and very really nice actually really really interesting okay so how far in advance were you there before the game i guess we probably landed two days before the game so we did a bit of sightseeing in the city center obviously frequented the the bars which which were strange they weren't like you know bars you'd expect obviously it wasn't like there was a, a town square like you might get in you know sort of western europe where everyone sort of could congregate there were you know bars were few and far between really and there, there, were, there wasn't really you know a single area where you thought everyone would would, would meet up for a drink apart from actually the, the hotel where we stayed that it was called the hotel kazakhstan and there was actually an english pub in the lobby there called the guns and roses which was okay <laughs> which was quite bizarre and, and, and I, I guess a few people drank in there but yeah. but we we tried to get out on the first day had a walk around the town center and we had a walk up to the ground and and had a look at the there were some statues just outside and then i think we had to pick up our tickets as well from the usual sort of swanky fa hotel and i remember bumping into trevor brooking okay i had a brief chat with him and also henry winter as well you know the times journalist so yeah just just had a walk around those first couple of days there was obviously match day which i'll, I'll talk about in a minute but the day after the game we actually went up a, a mountain uh, I, I know you were mentioning that there was a trip or some some England fans went up uh, to, to some ski jump area and, and you know, actually were up in the, in the mountains with the snow. But I, I didn't personally do that trip. But I went up, a, I suppose, rather than a mountain, it was more of a big hill called the um, called the Cock Toby Mountain, which uh, I've looked up earlier on. I wouldn't have been able to remember it myself. But basically, that was just an area of recreation for people in Almaty because the city was very, very hot, especially in, in June. Yeah. Um, and this mountain is just a thousand meters above sea level. You get a cable car up there, and up there's there's a there's a big um, like Ferris wheel. There was like a a weird sort of go kart thing that took you down the mountain, and it was it was the place where all the Kazakhstanis seemed to go for their I think it was the Sunday, you know. So they were all out there for their their daily weekend walk, you know, doing some sort of going on fairground rides and and whatever else. It was it was an amazing atmosphere actually, and and I remember thinking that every Kazakhstani who saw us they were it, it was almost like they were intrigued by us you know we were like the sort of the visiting circus in, in some <laughs> ways but it was but it was great up that mountain I say it really felt like a, a great atmosphere and you know you could spot England fans and you know journalists and commentators because I think everyone on this Sunday decided you know what else is there to do and I think probably every tourist information guide recommended going up this up this hill right so I saw yeah. the the highlights of the game as Les said, it's uh, always the letdown of a trip, despite a 4-0 result. But but what do you remember about that? Yeah, well, it's funny, actually, because I, I I had a look on YouTube earlier on. I, I couldn't remember any of the goals. And, you know, actually, some of the goals were pretty decent. Mm. You know, there was um, Wayne Rooney's overhead kick. There was um, Gerard had like a, a long speculative effort, which was sort of parried by the keeper and Heskey finished it off. And then Gareth Barry got the first inning quite late on, actually. When I was reading, it looked like Kazakhstan had the better of the first, like, certainly opening exchanges. They should have gone 1-0 up, apparently. Yeah. 
But if I'm honest, I don't remember the game, and that wasn't necessarily out of being drunk. It was just out of the fact that it was 12 years ago, and you know, an away game in Kazakhstan. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't sort of highest on the on the sporting agenda for me. But but I remember it was a decent enough atmosphere. It was very much an open ground, as you can imagine, out that way. But the locals were so excited. It wasn't like you know, I don't remember it being like somewhere like Russia or you know maybe Serbia, where you'd have like a sort of quite a you know, a fervent atmosphere and singing from the from the opposition fans. It was more like, you know, they were just it just excited, like like an Indian cricket ground. You know, when okay. you sort of watching the cricket yeah. recently, you know, something happens and there's just like, you know, just excitedness. That's how it felt to me. It didn't feel in any way like, you know, there wasn't a rough atmosphere at all, in spite of there being about a million police, you know, <laughs> around us all. It it didn't feel rough in any way. And it was one of those games where yeah, in the end, it was easy because we won 4-0. But it, we struggled at the start, as often you do against lesser opposition. But I don't ever remember feeling stressed about the result because I think we'd won our previous five games and we had Andorra to come in a few days. And it was pretty obvious we were going to qualify for South Africa anyway. So it wasn't like one of those games where, you you know, you're walking into the ground and you, you're really worrying about what the score is going to be. It was just it was one of those where you just think, oh, I'll go and enjoy it. And then soon enough, it'll be over and we can go back to the bar. <laughs> You say about an excitable atmosphere. I don't know if you saw it on on YouTube or whether you remember it. I saw one of the the Kazakhstan supporters or one of the locals ran on the pitch and, and got tangled up in the net. Do you remember that? Yeah, I I, I don't remember it, but I, I did read that earlier on actually. But um, but no, I I don't really remember it. I mean, I I remember the fact that there were a load of England flags and they that allowed us to put them all out on the running track. Well, I actually weirdly remember the fact that I had the chance to get my flag. I've got a big Stanford flag yeah. on. There was like a sort of big, almost like a goalpost. It was on, on the other side of the athletic tracks. So it would have been almost next to the corner flag. I got close to it. This is maybe, I don't know, 20 minutes before kickoff. And I was putting my flag up and it felt fine. And I was walking away. And then I think, I think maybe a steward pulled it down in the end and gave it back to me. But I remember thinking, this is going to be a great place for my flag. It's literally <laughs> right next to the corner flag. But no, I, I don't remember much about the game particularly I have to say apart from the fact there were a lot of policemen it felt like there were more England fans in our end than there probably should have been I don't know how many ticketless fans travelled but yeah it wasn't the sort of game where I, I, I was worried about any kind of trouble it was just you know everyone was in Kazakhstan for a, a bit of an extended summer holiday you know spirits were high and it was it was just good fun. One of those ones that you can say oh, I was there ticket off. Yeah I think so. And it was the day of the game was was amazing, actually, as well. I, I remember we we were looking for some atmosphere, as you as you do. You know, we were walking around various bars. And, and I think, as I said earlier on, you, there wasn't like one obvious area where everyone was going to be drinking. But we, we found a couple of bars on the way to the ground. And it was, you know, there were probably 30 or 40 England fans in each of the bars. And it, you know, it was it was it was all right. It was good. It was just, you know, there were nice open air bars. And then someone sent me a, a message and said they were in a bar called the Circus Bar. And they must have sent the location or I don't know if there was even location services back then. Or maybe they just obviously gave us directions. <laughs> and we went off this this sort of, uh, you know, off the beaten track, I guess, and ended up in this place called Circus Bar. I don't know why it was called Circus Bar, because there were no signs around this bar at all. It felt like someone's front room, to be honest. And beers there were 50p a bottle. Really? And and it was it was what you'd expect if you'd if you'd never known anything about Kazakhstan, it was what you'd expect Kazakhstan to be like. Because inside, 
it was pretty grim. Um, and the toilet, I've got a photograph of the toilet. I've never seen anything like it. It was like the one out of train spotting, um, or worse, to be honest. It was, it was grim. Flies everywhere. And yeah, we, we ended up just sitting outside this bar for a couple of hours and more and more England fans joined us. I think the sort of word got round that this was, this was weirdly the place to be. And the beer was fine, you know, it was, it was cheap. And, and I, I think the locals started coming around and looking at us as well. You know, maybe the bar owners phoned their mates, said, come, we've got you know, a load of England fans here. And they all came around and were, were sort of, I guess, up, you know, not in a troublesome way, just completely bemused as to why a load of, you know, football fans from England would be descending upon their pretty average bar. Um, and I, I also remember the food that they were serving up because I, I was hungry and I asked them if they had any food and they gave me the menu. And literally there was, you know, it wasn't in English at all. It was just in Kazakh, as you might expect. I guess it was Cyrillic writing, I think. So I couldn't understand anything. And I just picked something and it came out. And honestly, Russell, I'm not normally fussy, but I, I couldn't eat it. it I, I literally didn't know what it was. It was like a it was like a sort of spaghetti bolognese, but, a you know, a, a very strange version of one. And um, you didn't yeah, I, dare, I, I felt did you? rude, to be honest, but I, I couldn't eat it. But but I also remember that bar. It was something that was quite funny was um, one of the bemused locals who was walking past. He had a horse with him. And it no, wasn't I think like I've seen a, this picture. Go on. Yes, you might have done. Yeah, it was um, basically it, it was just a well, it wasn't a stray horse. It was obviously his horse. But he, he just stood watching us. And, and I just said, can I can I get on it? And he was like, yeah, fine. Yeah. So he sort of helped me on it. And I Have sat on this horse. horse and, no, no, no. no. <laughs> Donkey at Blackpool, maybe when I was younger. But, <laughs> but that was it. Yeah. I, I, I do remember that I got off the horse and my my hands smelt for about a week afterwards. Like, honestly, it, it, it was just the, the smell of that horse. And also on that trip, I, I got bitten on my foot. It, it was weird, actually. It, my feet had a terrible time on this holiday, but my feet got bitten and it ended up really um, becoming quite an open wound, actually. And I, and I, I didn't get it properly checked out, but I remember on the plane on the way home, someone saw it because I was wearing flip-flops. And like, you need to get that checked out. There was like this sort of big sort of six inch open gash with looked like flies <laughs> flying around it. And luckily it was all right in the end. But I, I remember thinking like, I hope I haven't caught something off, off this skacky horse. But yeah, it was it was all right in the end. But yeah, no, it was, it was a funny trip. It was, I, I, I also remember going to one bar probably the night before the game and the bar tried to rip us off on a bottle of vodka. I think someone ordered a vodka and tonic and rather than bring out a vodka and tonic, they brought out a bottle of their most expensive vodka, put it on the table, opened it and tried to charge us sort of 40 quid for it or whatever, which was, you know, way above the, the going rate of what you'd normally pay. And there, there was a bit of an argument about it. But in the end, we just paid it. We thought rather than, you know, rather than cause any hassle yeah, exactly we paid it but but i also remember that I, I took off my um my trainers i was wearing a pair of adidas trainers and i took them off for whatever reason maybe my feet were, were hot or sweaty after a, a day walking around and there was a scouse guy next to me a guy called graham morrison and it obviously had a bit too much of this um this vodka and he just he was just sick and i, I remember him thinking geez graham you've been sick everywhere look down and literally both my shoes were just full of this scouse is sick <laughs> I can't remember what I did with them. I might have just left them there, to be honest. Uh, and then went for the flip-flops. Yeah, well, exactly, oh. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it was... The other things I remember in terms of bars were the, the day of the game, as I mentioned, there weren't that many obvious bars to go. But after this circus bar, someone else recommended a, a HSBC party going on. As in the now, bank? Yeah, literally. the back. I think it was... It probably can't have been far away from the ground. So it was on the sort of main thoroughfare to the ground that there was like a, 
I don't actually know if it was HSB's bank, whether they had the bank downstairs and then like a function room upstairs. But it was very obviously HSBC people there. I remember people talking about it afterwards and people just started walking in and, you know, you could just pick up a a drink and no one seemed to mind us being there. But it was obviously their like corporate afternoon or corporate, you know, entertaining their clients or whatever it was. But suddenly there was about 30 England fans all all in there drinking their... They're free beer. And, and there was one guy who was outside beckoning everyone in who um, but some England fans listening to the pod might know him called Jeff York. And he's been following England for a number of years. And I, th- I think he'd he'd got beaten up by a taxi driver, I think the night before. And he'd spent the night in hospital. So he had like a lot of cuts and bruises over him. And they'd, they'd put some I think iodine on him to, to, you know, to mend the wounds. So he looked a right state because he had you know the iodine green bits like you know look like bruising and then cuts and everything and he was just standing outside this bar drinking their free beer beckoning england fans in and i'm not sure if hsbc did any um any corporate deals that day but i'd be very surprised if they did with with jeff york beckoning in half of england support that was funny it was um good fun it was it was a good trip and one i'll i'll, I'll always look back on you know with fond memories oh, i bet is there any other nation that you think that would come close to, to going to somewhere like that that you haven't been to yet? Well, let's think. Somewhere similar. I mean, obviously, places around there like Kyrgyzstan. And actually, that's something else I should mention. I don't know if Les mentioned this, but the other thing, there were some England fans went to Kazakhstan via Kyrgyzstan. So Tashkent, I think, is the is the capital of Kyrgyzstan. And one England fan got shot. And really? it was... Yeah, it was on the news. It was on the news. I remember it being on Sky Sports News as well. And, you know, obviously your family starts sending you messages saying, oh, have you heard an England fan's been shot? And, you know, I suppose back home, it it sounds like, you know, it must be, oh, my God, what are they doing in Kazakhstan? There's England fans getting shot. I mean, didn't I I never felt in any any moment really like we had any danger out there. But, yeah, there was an England fan shot in Kyrgyzstan. And I, I guess, you know, it's it's those sorts of trips that are the most interesting, aren't they? Places you'd never go. Hearing these stories about Kazakhstan makes me wish that, yes, I would have loved to have gone. So it's uh, it's great to hear these stories from your likes of yourself and, and Les. So, uh, yeah, thank you very much. No problem, Russell. Any time. Cheers. Thank you to both Dean Cornish and Les Gasson there for sharing their memories of what seems to have been a fantastic trip. Four days later, England were at home in a 6-0 win against Andorra. And we would go on to finish top of the group and qualify for the South African 2010 World Cup. With 27 points, 9 wins and just that one defeat to Ukraine. Kazakhstan finished second bottom with just two wins, both over Andorra. And since then, they found themselves in the average position of 128th in the FIFA rankings. Although, they were up to the dizzy heights of 98 back in 2016. And as of the end of 2020, as a nation, they had played 209 games, winning 50, drawing 49 and losing 110. Will we draw Kazakhstan again? Undoubtedly, I'm sure we will. Will I go? I'd like to think so. But I'd imagine, as a country, it would have developed a lot since 2009. Those that experienced it back then 
all say it was a real treat. Now in these Covid days when we are unable to travel, I hope it's brought back a few memories. Or for those that are yet to experience an England away day, perhaps it's whetted your appetite for when we can. Thank you for listening. My name is Russell Osborne and this has been the Three Lions podcast, an independent England supporters podcast. I hope you can join me for more in the run-up to this year's European Championships or you can tune into previous ones at threelionspodcast.com. If you are on social media, you can find the show there on the likes of Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. Just search Three Lions Podcast. A follow, a share or a review on the likes of iTunes will always go down well. Thank you very much for your continued support. So until the next time, take care, stay safe, stay positive. Cheers. Cheers.